Supporting all artists from I-80 to I-72. Featuring riveting commentary on the local music scene. And intimate interviews with artists and local legends. And we wrote half the set right before we went out. Halfway through the practice, they announced that I'm on the team. So I'm like, Dang, nice. wow. you know what I mean? Because yeah. I do think that it is easier to be male when you're a musician. But we are very much from Peoria, Illinois. Yes, yeah, I don't I don't burn churches. <laughs> <laughs> we are doing our part in keeping the heart and soul of the Illinois music scene alive. This is Talk the Pulse. Anyways, Ugh. Mitchell Clifford, welcome to the Talk the Pulse podcast. I am so nervous about this episode. Yeah, me too. We have we have the one, the one and only Chandler Claps. <laughs> I can't. Who is it? I can't with believe us we in got, the basement right now. I can't now. believe we got Chandler Claps for I'm this s- episode. I'm s- I think I'm just gonna mess this up. I'm his biggest fan. I'm like shaking right now. <laughs> Two dollar McChickens. I don't Chandler, know if you can hear him, but Chandler endorses two dollar McChickens from McDonald's. McDonald's. Uh, the Connor special. Okay, shut up. You get to talk later. <laughs> <laughs> We've um, actually already interviewed, uh, done the conversation, but our very own Chandler Claps, the drummer from you know Sherwood Forest, who's also done his own music, uh, solo uh, music. He's, he's also he's Chandler with us Claps today. Of, of Chandler Claps. Chandler Claps of Chandler Claps. The guitarist, drummer. And whatever else for Chandler Claps, uh, singer, <laughs> singer, and yeah, it's a great Writer. conversation. Yeah. And uh, you guys are in for a real treat. Yeah, a good friend of ours and just a great talented Woo! guy. And <laughs> shut. <laughs> so and we got a little we conversation really like at him. the end, and so stick around for that. So it's gonna be so good, guys. Please, I'm just, I'm just, I'm gonna throw up. Not our second time doing this. Here we are. First thing, <laughs> Clifford because we totally messed up the didn't first forget time. his microphone Shh. the first time. We have with us <laughs> the oh. wonderful, amazing, illustrious, beautiful, sexual oh Chandler Claps. I didn't expect the last one at all. <laughs> Yay! And Chandler I kind of wish you just went with the first take, <laughs> but it's okay. Your mic was off. We'll leave it out. Yeah. Replace gotta, that word with nice. No, I'm gonna keep <laughs> nah, it. it's fine. Uh, <laughs> as I hold Rototoms, which we just discussed before, yeah, mm-hmm. as we just hit Rototoms a second time, mm-hmm. uh, Rototoms, look it up. We just used them. Rototoms are pretty cool. <clears throat> we just used them at a show last Friday with Sherwood Forest, yes. and uh, I Talk- used them to impress my friends. Yeah, 
Yeah. Because that's, <laughs> right, uh, that's what they wanted. Uh, but, yeah, so you are known for being the drummer of local Illinois band Sherwood <laughs> Forest. The one yeah. As well as the former drummer for other Illinois local That's band, true. Madam Ruby. That's wanna, true. Do you want to go through your You've been drumming, drumming for a long time, and all of a sudden, uh, mm-hmm. last year, mm-hmm. you came out with some music of your own. That is also true. Yeah. So, um, Start from which the by the way, I don't think I've... I don't think I've let you know. Maybe Mitchell's told you, uh-huh. but Arbor yeah. is now the official hey. podcast theme song. Oh, Sweet. Yeah. That's how it starts. So that's great. For those listeners, the song you heard at the beginning, it was Chandler's. Oh, that's yeah. cool. So, yeah, I, I mean, of course, you, you have to be on the podcast. That's you know? awesome. Yeah, yeah so I love that. I'll have to show you. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, so where where did that come from? You want to start from just like maybe the beginning of how music kind of just... Sure. I almost said striked a chord. <laughs> Which I can barely play. Strike the chord. <laughs> Any, uh, but no. Um, I guess music in general. To you know, wrap it up in a nutshell. Uh, my dad was you know a '70s man. <laughs> yeah. He was a disc jockey in the '70s, and he played drums, um, and played guitar. And the story goes that his uh, parents. He really wanted to play drums, and his parents were like, no, you're going to play guitar first because you can sit with people and play a song for people. Um, and part of me wishes that that was more pushed for yeah. me because I feel like, you know, playing guitar recently, sorry, um, playing guitar recently has been like a new thing and, and whatnot. But um, uh, so, yeah, I mean, like drumming kind of happened for me at a young age because my dad um, was just obsessed with a lot of, you know, drum centric bands from yeah. the 70s primarily mm-hmm. um and my brother who is six years older than me he was he is the reason that i am a drummer in the first place because he kind of caught on to my dad's uh you know drumming magic and yeah. um he studied jazz in high school and i watched him grow up <coughs> with you know the drum set and i just was definitely you know gravitating towards the idea of that being my identity mm-hmm. um and so yeah, at a pretty young age, I think it was probably around fifth grade where I was like, I want to be in bands and I want to, all I cared about was the idea of like trying to play in bands. And I, at a very early age, realized from like magazines, Modern Drummer Magazine was, you know, the the uh, the Vogue magazine that, you know, me and my brother got in, right. the, in the mail, if you know what I mean by that. But like that was yeah. our, that was our Christmas. We'd get the Modern Drummer Magazine and I read a lot of those and a lot of interviews with drummers that, you know, were up and coming and whatnot and talking about the game of, you know, being a session drummer and all this stuff. Like, from a very young age, I yeah. realized what the words session drummer meant and all this, you know, like, the concept of, like, being a working musician and trying to, like, play with whoever you can and, you know, have a have a resume and all this, like, yeah. working drummer stuff. Um, very glamorous. Yeah, yeah I mean, it in was... A sense. In a sense, it was glamorous, but also, like, I, I looked at it from an angle of, like, I there's a way to work as a drummer. Like, you know, like Mm -hmm. there's a lot of instruments that you can make into work, um, you know, but there's something that's really versatile about playing the drums that I was like, I can play and provide for others with this instrument and be a part of other people's music by being the backbeat, you know? Mm -hmm. So I gravitated towards that. I gravitated towards that very early on. Uh, But um, yeah, I think that like middle school, 
it's just funny as the years go on in someone's childhood, you kind of gravitate towards identity. Mm-hmm. And like that was my identity. You know, I was I tried very much to tell people I wanted people to know that I was the guy with sticks in my back yeah, pocket. Yeah. Like I was the drummer. I wanted to be the drummer. Um, and I mean, yeah, there's just so many. So that if there were happened to be like any band that got together, like yeah, hey, like I they know knew Chandler, right. Please. And the talent shows in grade school, that was your time to shine. If you played anything or had any talent, you know, you yeah. go up and do that. So my first, this is a good little story. My first gig, uh, I guess you could call it a gig, was at the Thompson, which is my middle school, Thompson Middle School in St. Charles. Mm-hmm. Uh, just yeah, I we, <laughs> I played. I was obsessed with. My first love for music was uh, the Partridge Family and David Cassidy. Mm. Um, so that was the first obsession. Besides, like you know, the Beatles being played a lot, and my mom was into you know a lot of like '60s pop music. But my dad was also into '70s music and whatnot. Right. But the Partridge Family was my first love, as well as uh, Clifford. I know we've talked about Phil Collins before. Like of the course. whole Tarzan yeah. soundtrack was like really big. Was that 1999 maybe? Yeah, mm-hmm. something like that. So mm-hmm. that was a huge. That was like I, I played the Tarzan soundtrack on a cassette mm-hmm. uh, in my red little toy Jeep sort of thing. Anyways. <laughs> um, that sounds awesome. Yeah, <laughs> I've no. never heard of that. I think I, I remember I remember crying to the orchestral. Oh. There was like, a, there was like a, an outro to the cassette. There was like 22 tracks on the cassette. Oh you know, gosh, flip it yeah. and stuff. I remember crying while driving in the sunset in my red little Jeep to some <laughs> orchestra playing Tarzan, you know, like like it's a like, great like soundtrack. cinematic music. Yeah. I remember just like really feeling it. Like and Mark Mancini's score plus Phil Collins' songs. Yeah, it's a great combination. It's great. Yeah, I mean, those songs are so good. Yeah, like man. Um, but um, but Partridge Family was huge, and then the first band that I really was attached to at an early age was Maroon Five. Um, and this is probably like. 2004, maybe 2003, mm-hmm. um, and I just those are the songs that I really like. For some reason, that was the band that really everyone has their stories of Green Day yeah. or a lot of 2000s bands. And for me, it was the first Maroon Five record, um, mm-hmm. and I just gravitated towards the drum sounds and the, you know, like trying to play those songs. That was my yeah. that was my go to thing. Um, but yeah, yeah. So what was your like first foot in the door for getting to play for bands? Like, right. was your first right. gig like so just kind of a one-time thing, or was it actually being part of a band? That's right. Yeah. So we were talking about uh, there was a talent show that I played Maroon Five. Yeah. That was mm-hmm. my first performance. And I came home. Was it? it was Sunday morning. Nice. Uh, nice. Which is a great song. And uh, I came home and watched it on. We had like a little you know tape of it. My dad filmed and. That was the first time that I heard myself in playback and mm. realized I suck. <laughs> like, and yeah, how so old that were was, you? I was probably 10. Oh, wow. Dang. Maybe 10 or 11. Fifth grade, is that right? I don't know. Probably. Uh, yeah, yeah, sounds so right. But I told me. all my friends, I remember like tapping the drum beat on a desk yeah. and said, You guys, I'm going to play this tonight, but on a full drum set on a stage. Like, it was a crazy thing. And, and I. When I saw the video back for myself that night, we you know we got like pizza with the family and yeah you know we're like watching <laughs> this video of me I bawled my eyes out because, because I you just, hated it I was so bad I had no oh wow I I was just it was a really I mean at least you had the maturity to like right. realize it yeah I, I was about to say that's really interesting because I can <clears throat> picture me as like an eleven year old when I started playing guitar right. like I remember I would see footage of myself and yeah I know I was terrible at the time but I was right. just like seeing myself I was like yeah what a what a yeah. freaking rock star. <laughs> Man, well, I, so to know that you were like being self-critical at such a young age is interesting. That's very interesting you bring that up because I remember watching myself 
trying to act really cool walking to the drum set. I like was flipping the <laughs> yeah. stick. I was wearing an ACDC t-shirt <laughs> and nice. I had this like, I very much looked like Harry Potter. I had these <laughs> little round glasses and I sit down, <laughs> do a hair flip. Yeah, One, something. Two, but I was, three. I was young and I, yeah. I looked very young and, uh, but you know, the girl, all the girls are cheering and I'm oh, walking yeah. the drums. I'm flipping the stick. I'm like, you know, what's up ladies. <laughs> and then I sit down and I just, the concept of playing consistent time with your hi-hat was not possible oh, for yeah. me yet. Mm. And uh, whatever, I'm not going to get into the specifics, but it was just like really bad. And the video is still somewhere. But what that video made me do is it did made me, it made me realize very quickly, oh my gosh, the drum set is, you cannot hide behind it. You're completely naked as a drummer. Like yeah. you, when you make a mistake, yeah. everybody knows it. And yeah. um, I learned that really young and I started taking lessons a little bit. Um, but I, I think I, the next year I didn't, I can't remember if it was a year later that I decided to do the talent show again. Hmm. I, I can't remember if it was the, I think it was, it was probably seventh grade. I think it was, I skipped sixth grade because I was so nervous. So I took like two years to just like play in my basement and then I started playing it. I'm just picturing like a montage like from Whiplash View just in your room like drunk. <laughs> but I was 10. <laughs> yeah, but I was 10. And I, I started taking lessons, but I was really, it's not like much has changed. I was a really hyper kid. Yeah. And I, I didn't really practice too much, you know? Like I, mm. I feel like I practiced like imagining I was on a stage yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that just kept which is important to do but I mm. was very much obsessed with trying to play records and I got obsessed with Led Zeppelin yeah. and the Beatles or whatever like I got very obsessed with John Mayer at an early yeah. age and like the idea of it's a whole nother podcast but like Steve Jordan mm. and and like the idea of playing for the song and just I got obsessed with like trying to play to songs yeah. drum set with a CD player or yeah, this is before I actually <laughs> figured out kinda, what a PA system was. Is that sort mm-hmm. of how like you learned? Did you take lessons from someone? I took someone? lessons while doing that, and I had two different teachers. Both were great. One of them focused a little bit more on like, okay, hey, so let's take this music and put it through a PA system. Nice. And like, let's figure out, like, listen, what are they actually playing? Mm-hmm. Like, and really like figuring out how to, you know, the velocity of what you're hitting at it and, and you know, all this very live drum eccentric stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So he he kind of focused on my strengths, which was like my ears, you know. And I I, I still don't really know how to read music, but um, like he knew that I was good with my ears and helped me develop my reading skills a little bit. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, the point being is that like after like grade school, middle school happened, and I really dove headfirst into the idea of like I was reading a lot of those modern drummer magazines and yeah. just playing drums every single day after school, mm-hmm. yeah. you know. To you name the record that we all listened to, whatever whether it was. John Mayer record, a Paramore record, The Killers, The Foo Fighters, like all these sort of pop meets alternative rock yeah. records. Um, and I just got obsessed with it yeah. real fast. Yeah. So obviously that all paid off. Thanks. Uh, I mean, you can just <laughs> just listen to the music that you're in and listen to Glow on uh, Spotify by Sherwood <laughs> Forest yeah. to get a really good but, idea. It's um, a good one. Yeah. We don't have a whole lot of time, but where <clears> did the where did the music come in? Like playing with bands? Well, no, I mean like uh, your songs. Oh, okay. Sure, sure. Because I, 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 I want to talk together. about that, you know. Yeah, I like... think. So I'll try to make it concise, but I played in high school the first band that I really felt as if like, wow, we have a sound and we mm-hmm. have like a thing, a vibe. We were talking about that earlier. Yeah. Like this whole concept of like a sound. Little vibrations. Yeah. Um, <laughs> as my as my grandpa would say, like he yeah, always we, comes up to me and says, like you got to have a sound with your yeah. band. And I don't know yeah. exactly what he means by that, but I at the same time know exactly yeah. what he yeah. means by that. So, but the first time I felt that was with this band called Diver Dan, which was in high school, and mm-hmm. 
these guys went to the opposite high school that I went to, and it was an instrumental indie rock band. It was, you know, Modest Mouse meets Pink Floyd, very ambient, and there was no vocals. It was just instrumental music. So that yeah. was the first concept of, like, creating a sound with a band on a stage that people wanted to come and see because we were the cool kids. Yeah. This one's called Valley View Drive, right? Oh, 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 And then after that, I, I really was like kind of obsessed with just, I listened to so much music and I wanted to write music. And not that Diver Dan wasn't, but I wanted to be a part of lyrical content and yeah. stories yeah. like, like really real badly. Songs. Like really yeah, badly. a big difference for playing for that Right. And as a kid, I was singing to all my favorite records as much as I was tapping on a Simmons electronic drum set from the 80s or whatever, like Pots and Pans or yeah. an actual drum set. I was singing a lot. I really have always gravitated towards lyrical content and singing, kind of like you, Clifford, like just the idea of like there's something related with singing and drumming, that there's something together yeah. with it um, that's, it people don't think about, but it's true. Um, yeah. So anyways, Diver Dan happened. It was awesome. It was amazing. And like it created this sort of atmospheric like vibe that people would come to see yeah and the next band after that was Madame Ruby which was like you know our baby we loved that band and uh, yeah. we worked really hard at least I really wanted to write songs that people Again, like you, Clifford, like wanted to sing back to us. Yeah, and and their album is also on Spotify, and it's really good. <laughs> yeah, yeah I like from, it a lot. It's from 2014, and it's the same yeah. producer and engineer that did all of our stuff that I've worked yeah. with. Yeah, that kind of ties it all together because, kind of after Madame Ruby, you know, we all kind of went off to college and did different things, and um, I came here to Bloomington Normal, didn't know what to expect, and was kind of like, I need to focus on school, yeah. but quickly realized there's a little music scene down here, and I really want to sweat behind yeah. the drums and like. <laughs> Be a part of that. Yeah. So we ripped you away from your education. No, well, it worked out. I'm about to graduate, no, you, right? So. Yeah, you've done a great yeah. job no, bouncing all no, that. Thanks, man. So. But yeah, so that's you know, Sherwood Forest happened, but I still had some ideas that were like, you know, Madame Ruby happened, and then I was just thinking about other concepts that I had throughout the years. Sherwood Forest happened, and I think it just was a matter of like, sort of a, I mean, I knew that you know, fall was coming. Yeah. And like, just the idea of like wanting to bunker down and like try to improve myself as a musician i wanted to try to write some songs which i did and it sort of worked i think it's I think nice it worked to know. out great yeah I, yeah, yeah. I mean, It was nice to have people, like, genuinely say, like, hey, this is, you know, good job, drummer. Yeah. I, that's all I wanted. Like, I'm a drummer. I'm a drummer. But I, I absolutely wanted to see if I could, like, challenge myself and see if people were like, hey, these are pretty good, Ringo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I remember. You're talking about seasons specifically, right? Like, yeah. Just yes. those three, yeah, I mean, there's they, other stuff. They're on my playlist, and they come on. I don't skip them. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Thanks, man. Like, that's cool. I remember, like hearing them for the first time and being jealous because like why yeah. does this sound better than Al? Well, I mean that's the whole thing with the whole concept of production it is. that's what we yes. did we took that skill set that I went forth with yeah. for seasons like you know yeah same producer but the songwriting producer. I think sounded you know it sounds just as good as any of this oh thanks man yeah, I appreciate it do. it's I definitely not just like that. oh the drummer wrote this song like I could shut someone they would just think it's some like alt rock band you know that's super yeah. cool yeah. yeah I appreciate that and uh 
fun fact for those who know, it's the same producer who produced his EP, Everything. produced Glow, <laughs> Madame Ruby, and it's like our, sh- our little, current EP we're working on. little yeah. plug for Nick Statina. He's, yeah. he's the greatest. Invigorate uh, the name Recordings. Of his, invigorate, recordings. invigorate Studios. Studio, no, yeah. uh, something. Just Invigorate, invigorate something. Recording, I think it is. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, Nick Statina, mm-hmm. um, look him up. Because if you want, just, I don't know. There's no... There's not enough time to say how much of a good dude he is. Yeah. Like he just, yeah. He's an artist. He's so good to work with. Um, if anyone needs, like, recording work, like, we heavily recommend him. Yeah, like, yeah. He's so good to work with. He knows what he's doing, and it's a good environment there. Like, yeah. So, so a couple things to, to wrap up. Sure. One, well, you know, the last EP was, like, three songs. Uh-huh. Do you have any more in you, do you yeah. think? Yeah. Uh, it's been a to say the least it's been a long year yeah and i think for me it's i think that there was a very pivotal moment when i released seasons that i was like it just was the right time to release some songs it felt like i was genuinely wanting to say something it was the right season yeah hey, uh-huh. hey. but it, it, i genuinely like i not only did i was i excited to release music but i felt as if like when i was releasing it i it was just like the right time it mm-hmm. really felt like i was like hey i really hope that people listen to these songs and can feel something and uh-huh, to get yeah. that back in return and have people say like wow I actually listened to these lyrics and again like Clifford I totally know like how that feels yeah. and as a drummer I always wanted to see what that would feel like to have yeah. you know a chance at writing something and have someone say like hey you're writing not only the song but what you're saying in that song is really stricken a chord stricken? stricken whatever <laughs> struck a chord struck with me th- and so my point accord. is it's been a long year and I think that in time when when time's right you know I, I have some stuff that I'm working on that's kind of completely different we've it, maybe done some yeah. demos that are we have place here that are really fun there's one song in particular yeah. that I'm looking forward to release yeah. releasing uh, that's it's, right yeah it's really different that's all I'm going to say so I mean it's I think it sounds like me but there's some moments of like Whoa! Yeah, <laughs> so I know stretch, you I guess We'll see. I'm trying to. I think I know exactly what you're talking. Yeah, about. yeah. we're just gonna keep on experimenting. That's the goal. Yeah, when it comes it's when it comes way to, to do it. Yeah, <clears throat> music. Awesome. So, where can people music. find seasons? Promote yourself. Uh, promote <clears throat> old, new projects, future projects, whatever yeah. you want. Where can people find? It? I think it's just on Spotify. But you know what? It should be on YouTube, and I think I'll make it that happen. Be. Yeah, soon. you got a music video on there. Yeah, for Arbor. that's that's, that's there. I just want people to listen to it. Yeah, like. The whole thing with music and myself is just always to keep it coming. And yeah, you no, know, just it's a, such a creative tool. And if there's ever a moment, my only my final message to the to the audience, if there's ever a moment that you feel like you just want to like challenge yourself, just do it. Whatever that yeah. means, whether like just artistically, like oh, you know, people say all the time, like, well, I'm not really an artist. Like you can be. Yeah. Pick up pick up a canvas. Yeah. Try painting. Try learning guitar. You know, get a keyboard. Like it's just it's very. Uh, it's a good thing, man. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's totally. very helpful for the human brain. Yeah. So, all right. Well, thanks, Chandler. Actually, I was maybe I was thinking maybe for the last segment uh, that you can maybe join us for it, just a little sure. conversation. Sure. Probably. Sure. So, all right. Cool. Well, well. Anyways, it was great to have you here, man. Thanks, man. Appreciate so, it. Thanks for letting telling us all about. Thanks for uh, having me on. All Appreciate the stuff. it. Thanks for humbling <laughs> yourselves and coming to my house. I don't have you over here enough. Ah, it's crazy. <laughs> sorry if I talk too much. Shut up, Mitchell. <laughs> I'm sorry. Thanks. Gosh.
It's recording. We are right back. Uh, Whit Chandler is still here with us. Still. Because uh, I wanted to have a little. <laughs> the way you said that in your face, looking <laughs> off in the distance. Very sorry that he's still they with us. He won't let me leave. It's okay. So, but uh, it's a good interview, wouldn't you say? It was a good conversation. Oh, guys. Right? Best yeah. interview ever. So, I, am I supposed to be here? <laughs> <laughs> yes, you're fine. Um, so what I wanted to talk about, um, is something, I believe we've had this discussion before, cause I know that you have, you kind of, you have kind of strong feelings about it, Chandler, and I don't know, I'm kind of yeah. on the fence about it, but I just oh, want you to know, I have no idea what you're about to say. I know. I, okay. I didn't even lifestyles. tell, I didn't even, <laughs> shut up. I didn't even tell Mitchell what I wanted to talk about, I'm which I probably should have, but I'm a little um, scared. here we go. So <laughs> let's talk about in this day and age, the importance Especially for local bands, for stop. <laughs> Sorry, he's just making weird faces at me. The importance of touring. Mm. Like, is it important anymore for a local band to tour? Sure. After a certain point. After you say sure, Chandler. I've heard you say the opposite. I think in that it's all depending on what you want to do. I mean, at the end yeah. of the day, like, it's just. It's a tough. It's a tough question because it's like yeah. I just feel like you could be the greatest band in the world. There's part of me that wants to say you could be the greatest band in the world and you could have the greatest, most individual sound in the world. And if you go out and tour, you're gonna make it because your yeah. your music's so good. And and you can if you really work hard, you can make it happen. But then again, I look at this other angle from like you know the lens of someone who's done it. I'm not saying I have, but someone mm-hmm. who's toured really hard and they are excellent. And you know, I mean, there's a an element of work to it, right? But I guess there's also an element of luck, and I think that yeah. the oh, concept totally. the concept of the harder you work, the more luck you seem to receive is is doable. Yeah. But it's just, it's tough. Especially, yeah. it's 2018. It's like, that's the only way that bands can make some money yeah. these days. Yeah, see, it's that's true. the thing. Is, is that, that true? There's a question. Like, I, is no, that true? I agree. I so. These days, it's more of an investment to tour. I mean, yeah. it kind of always has been, but this is my point, is that like you said, it's well, it's 2019 now. Ah, you're right. <laughs> Sorry. That's, wah, no, it's wah. fine. But um, we live in the day and age of social media, and you know, um, people take video of your live show, and then people are like, "Oh, I don't need to go to the well, show." Well, no, what I'm saying live. actually is That's that just, it's not back like in the day, touring was like the way to promote yourself oh, right. to get people to people know who you are. People would go to shows, and but, yeah, yeah. But now we live in a day and age of social media where yeah. you can contact someone from Wisconsin and mm-hmm. be like, even England. For our case, we yeah. have people in England who can find you. And be like, oh, I like this band. This band has like good content and yeah. such. So has touring lost its value these days in order to get Not yourself? A, known? I think that you can never lose. I honestly believe this. At the end of the day, money. Talking about the concept of money and gaining it from a live show is one thing. But mm-hmm. the idea of a really good live show will never die. I, like, I, I mean, agree. we were just talking about Pine Grove. You yeah. guys just saw Pine yeah, Grove. Yeah, I wanted to use that example because... A newer band. Like, yeah, they're kind of newer. We went, Me uh, and Matt went to their show uh, just on Monday. Matt Powers, our other, guitarist. Yeah, and, and they... 
were sold out that night and the night before. They literally had to add a second show because they were sold out both nights, and everyone <laughs> there was like our age people, well, people who like are really heavy on social media. And I, I do agree that there's probably an aspect nowadays that may lessen the effect of touring for some bands. But I think once you get past a certain point of like, well, yeah, if you have a fan base, like touring is never going to be a bad option. Right. Well, you know? that's that's what I'm saying. I'm that's talking more point, specifically yeah. for local bands. Oh, for local bands. Uh, yeah. It, I don't, I don't Pine really Grove, of course, it's like, it's yeah. when you're like Pine Grove uh-huh. level, it's like, oh yeah, of course you got to like tour because people like, want to see you. Yeah, and it's well, like did they, they get that f- way because they toured though. You that's, know what I'm saying? That's what I'm wondering. That's though. what we're talking about. Like, how the idea important of, was the fact that they toured back in the day before right. anyone really what, knew them? What does it take for a band? I mean, you look at a band like them, or even look at a band like Nirvana. You know, twenty plus years ago, like it's just. It, I think a lot of it has to deal with just like. I know it sounds a little bit like cliche, but right place at the right time. Yeah, totally. And like just a fan base that mm-hmm. like all of a sudden, it's such a strange thing. Like Pine Grove fans, they have these fa- like it's such a um, uh, is niche. Is that the right word? Niche, yeah. niche, niche. Whatever you want. But like, yeah. I, I love Pine Grove. Don't yeah. get me wrong. Yeah. I just think that like it's it's just so interesting. Like all of a sudden, people are like oh, like have you heard of Pine Grove? Or well, how about Whitney? Remember the band Whitney? Yeah. A couple years ago, they had a really big. Fan base, people were like, you know, it was college, like a college scene mm-hmm. that wasn't just local bands, yeah. but like, yeah, I, I don't know. I just think a lot of it has to deal with, um, I guess you could say luck, but yeah. n- not necessarily luck, just like also good songs. Yeah. yeah. Like this combination of a lot of luck, a lot of good songs, and also just the idea of like trying to tour and see totally. if people show up and yeah. you just build this. Fan base, I guess it's doable. I and guess it's doable. And for right. like local bands, I like I would say for a band like us, like Sherwood Forest, like obviously touring wouldn't really like be that beneficial for us. We would lose more money than make probably. That's but you know, then there's a band like Ghost Key, they're not like insanely popular, but they wanted to tour and it from what when we like talked to them about it, it seemed like it went really well for them. Yeah. But um and not to bash on anyone that doesn't have that big of a following that is touring, you know, it's like you're doing your thing, you know, you're fighting your own fight going out there giving the shot i can totally respect that but i think uh at least for a band like us where it's not, we don't have like don't a, a bite huge, off more than you can chew. exactly yeah. like we're not we're not go- gonna just blindly go into something you know there's there's optimism and then there's too much optimism you know you don't want to exactly bite off more than you can chew because and if you want to do it just for fun like you know go for it but I, th- I think it's smart to really think about, you know, consequences as well. And baby yeah. steps. I think that yeah. if you're going to do a small tour of the Midwest, that's mm. doable. But yeah. like, that should be your first tour, not the idea of like we're going to go, you know, just being mature and <laughs> yeah. taking baby steps and not biting off more than you can chew. I think know there's where, a way to go about it. There's a way to go about stand. it. I yeah. like that. Know where you stand. Yeah. Mm. Okay. What do you guys think? Uh, we got a Facebook page. Yeah. Let us know in the comments, you know. Or is you touring can, worth it? Yeah. What do you guys think? What is your opinion? We care about your opinion. <laughs> <laughs> that was so genuine. We care about your opinion. Thanks for calling Steak and Shake. Let's go Value into customer. Some, <laughs> let's go into some announcements. So just a couple of announcements for you guys. So uh, Bloomington Normal local band Dehenda are releasing a new... Uh, release single <laughs> album. Uh, well, they I think the singles the singles out next week. Yeah, next week. Mm-hmm. Um, check them out on Facebook. Dehinda, Facebook.com slash Dehinda Band. Um, 
It's going to be out on Spotify, Amazon Music, iTunes, wherever you listen to music. Everything. Uh, uh, Lucid Dreams. And uh, they're working on a whole album. But yeah, this this song will be out uh, one week from March. So March 7th. I mean, March for one week from March first. Look it up on so, their Facebook page. You'll yeah. find it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so or their Instagram. Yeah, I'm yeah. looking at a uh, a post from March first, and it's yeah. saying out in one week. Oh, okay. So I'm trying to do the math. So March eighth. Uh, yeah. So, anyways, <laughs> this um, Friday. This this Friday. There you go. It will be out now. When so you're it'll be out right this. now. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> there we go. Cool. <laughs> we figured so, it out. Also. Uh, Originally from Champaign Urbana, now a Chicago uh, band, Terra Terra, who's been on uh, hiatus for a little while now. They're actually releasing music. Uh, I'm so excited. April, so good. April 7th. And they're one of my favorite local bands, honestly. So uh, yeah. check that out. I'm really stoked about that, so I'm definitely Yeah, they're so good. And if you haven't listened to them, go listen to their last release, Where's Your Light, their yes. full LP Terra on Terra, T-A-R-A. That's one word, yep. and then T E R R A. Yeah, check them out anywhere. They're uh, they're even they've got an audio tree session. Yeah, so and Emily they Blue, the it. singer, even has her own solo stuff. If you yes, want to check that out, very successful. There's a quick plug right there. Audio tree. Audio tree. Yeah. So good. Audio oh, tree. Yeah. Let us be on your show, please. <laughs> I mean, technically, they're local. They're Chicago. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying they're great. That's yes, all. they are great. That's all I'm gonna say. You will find your favorite band awesome. on Audio Tree. I've found some Pine Grove music that I like. Yeah, Pine Grove was Audio Tree session. Me without you. Yeah. Me without so. you. Mm-hmm. All right, there you go. That's all I got. Cool. Bye. Bye. Right. <laughs> 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 thanks again, Chandler, for being on the show. Chandler, Chandler, oh. claps. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, That's the joke. Penelope, you're so <laughs> cool. <laughs> so bad. I, I, don't, I don't get it. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Talk the Pulse. To learn more about Take the Pulse and the central Illinois music scene, visit us at takethepulse.com. If you'd like to support our podcast, be sure to subscribe and leave a rating and review on iTunes. Thanks for stopping by, and we'll catch you next time.